My name is Rich Ryan. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. We are adding special endurance-based quarantined entertainment to the feed for the next few weeks because uh, we're going to spend an extra amount of time at home, um, and podcasts are a great way to ignore your loved ones. So you're welcome. To add to this entertainment, I called one of my coaching partners, previous guest, and my main homie, Josh Reedinger, a.k.a. Josh Reed, a.k.a. Joshua Reed. And we talk about some of the latest in his training endeavors and how we plan to cope with the social distancing and the shelter in place and all that awesome stuff that no one can stop thinking about. So for the first 20 minutes or so, we talk about Josh and his ice mountain adventures, how he did not die, and we're very happy about it. Then we dive into ways to keep your grip gained, working out at home, uh, proper ways to keep your endurance uh, while working on strength while you might be isolated or not be able to leave the house and don't have a treadmill and all that stuff. So we have some uh, fun workarounds that can help uh, keep you strong and uh, keep that endurance in the right spot. And we talk about some potential fun challenges near the end that we might want to take on. Just to kill time. So if you like the Reinforced Running Pack podcast, we would love to hear about it. And if you could drop us a review, it would mean the world, really. And, and seriously, thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Um, so let's keep this positivity rolling, keep the endurance gains going. And this is Josh Reedinger. I went to the store, which was a madhouse, by the way. And they're like, okay, I needed a good coffee. I was switching over to tea for a little while because it's a little bit healthier in some ways. So I was like, what has the most caffeine? Guy says, well, we have this light roast, but they're higher in acidity. But we have this coffee called Tip of the Andes. It's low acidity, high caffeine. I was like, yo, Tip of the Andes, it is. And it seems to be working. It's, it, it is. It's, it's working. He knows, his, he knows his stuff. So t- Tip of the Andes, link in the show notes. Check it out. <laughs> Not a sponsor. So Josh, what's up, man? Last time you've been on, uh, we, we were just kind of talking about you know, regular training stuff. But since then, you've been up to some wacky stuff. Like, what have you been doing? Well, I got pretty uh, I got pretty excited about these mountains that I live by called the Catskills, which to a lot of people, like, out west, they're just these little hills. You know, like, the tallest one is 4,100 feet. It's tall, and, it's tall uh, East Coast Mountain. It's tall. Well, the cool thing is, is they have a lot of prominence. You know, they're coming more or less right out of sea level. So even though they're only that tall, you're still getting like solid thousand to 3000 foot climbs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, there's, so there's 35 high peaks. I'm like doing a little quotation thing with my fingers, right? Cause they're hills. But, uh, but yeah, there's 35 high peaks that are over 3,500 feet. And it's just a fun little challenge to tag all of them, like hit all the 35 of them and you get a sweet patch sticker and I'm all about patches and stickers. So in order to acquire that, like respectfully oh, I a literal a literal like patch for like your backpack oh for sure yeah you just like you know you send in a little kind of like application here's the proof that i did it's it. like literally mail and it it sounds like something that like you got to put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it and then you're totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally and uh so so i thought that that'd be a cool thing to to do as as far as a a way to build volume something a way to get out just kind of have a goal through training so the training in itself was, uh, you know, you had like these little goals to tag off rather than just be like, okay, I got to put a mileage. I got a race coming up. It was cool to say, no, okay, this weekend I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this mountain. That's my goal. That's my, uh, that's like my, my little personal uh, achievement. So yeah, since February, like the first week of February, I went out, tagged a few mountains next weekend, tag a few mountains next weekend, tag a few mountains. And, uh, yeah, all in all. It was lots of awesome mountain time. I, I had like 44 hours out there, um, 43,000 feet of gain, 40,000 feet of loss, and uh, like 140 miles. And it was just a sweet way to, to yeah, build up some, some volume, uh, build up some skill because it's like it's trail running, you know, because mm. <laughs> I want to do the mountain series this year. So what better way than to specifically be in the mountains? <laughs> just but, running mountains. <laughs> just running the mountains, man. I got to say, though, it's kind of funny because they, you know, the mountains were covered in snow and there's no race I've ever done that will actually be like those conditions that I was in. But it was a a fun challenge, like for the difference, because all the ice and whatnot, it was more or less like hopping from root to rock to, to tree to keep yourself from like sliding off a cliff. So it was a fun, uh, it was a fun little different challenge, 
but yeah, man, it was, it was fun feeling the body get a little bit thrashed in different ways, you know, but simultaneously getting like lots of peace. There's no one out there. Uh, I ran to a few people before this whole pandemic thing popped, but, uh, but yeah, the past few weeks, it's been real quiet. Lots of good, uh, peace time out there. I can't imagine how much peace time that is. It's a lot of solo thinking time. So it's not snowshoes. It's just like, what shoes were you wearing? Um, I'm the asshole that goes around and postals. Uh, I'll get you know a, I'll get a good pair of snowshoes. <laughs> Post holing, like you uh, you don't have snowshoes, and so rather than floating on top of the snow, you're just punching you know holes in the in the snow, whether it's a few inches or a couple feet. But uh, but that can be I can see how that's troublesome. Like once that freezes over, uh, someone else that is wearing a snowshoe, or maybe it gets like a light covering of snow over it. It's kind of like it's a little landmine. You don't see it, and you can step through, it and you can kind of crank your your ankle (laughs) so so there yeah so there are areas where i've kind of i've gone out i've ran into a group of people who wore snowshoes and it got extremely dirty looks and they were very they were very displeased and so uh, at that point i was actually with a couple friends and we we just decided to go off trail and just bushwhack so we didn't fuck up their their snowshoe trail but fortunately that was uh that was only a couple of outings and then just like the snow conditions changed and it got pretty hard packed and at that point i was just wearing well actually this whole time i was just wearing uh shoes which ones i was rocking i was rocking vj uh the irox for some of it and then when things started to ice over i ordered a pair actually so so you saw that vj came out with uh with those like snow bug shoes they have the spikes in the bottom i can't keep up i can't keep up with what they're doing just every ocr athlete who's ever run an ocr race all of a sudden posts some new shoe that vj has i'm just not interested so what what, were they that they have they have spikes at the bottom so they have spikes on the bottom like these carbide spikes right and uh and i've been looking at that kind of shoe for a while but like shoes are hella expensive so i've always made do with what i had but back in december i was planning to go out to new hampshire with a couple friends and at that point in time VJ didn't have that shoe here in America. So I, I looked online, typed in like spike shoes, orienteering shoes. And VJ had this shoe called the integrator and they had it available in a shop in Austria. Yo, this was a mom and pop shop and they had the best customer service ever. They kept checking in. Like I ordered the oh, shoe. You hit them up. You're like, I want in. these. Totally. Totally. And I felt all proud. I was like, oh, I know a couple of these words in German. Austrian German is like super similar, but uh, they, they send these shoes out. Dude, they send these shoes out, man. And uh, I'm getting all stoked. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have them for this trip that uh, that's at the end of December. And they get shipped. They land in JFK. And, like, for the next week, I'm like, where is where are they at? Oh, I'm still in JFK. Okay, I'm going to go on this trip. Whatever. I'll make do without them. A week later, oh, I'm still, still down by uh, JFK. Well, they were being held in the city. Dude, they held them in the city for six weeks. And like the week before they finally got shipped because they were held in customs. And then finally, like this two months have gone by but, uh, from when I ordered this shoe and VJ comes out with this shoe here in America <laughs> for cheaper and with more spikes. I was like, son of a bitch, <laughs> but my shoes are cooler colors. So screw the rest of you. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that's totally, totally worth it. Um, and so th- you got this race, uh, not a race, like it's an accomplishment. So you're done. Yeah, I went up in uh, – it's also kind of funny because it's like winter ascent. So if you do this in the winter season, like winter officially ends today. Today's Thursday, uh, like 11.50 p.m. is uh, when spring finally starts. So if you do them all in winter, you get like a separate patch, you know, a separate sticker for winter 35. So I wanted to hit them all up in, uh, in winter just as a goal, something to, to shoot after. And, yeah, I did it. Yesterday I hit up my last mountain, the last mountain, and – you know, there was no ice. It was a spring day. It didn't even feel like a winter send. But uh, but yeah, I got to the top. Count it. Like, all right, well, yeah. Now it's uh, now it's done. Okay, what do I want to do next? I already know. I already know what I want to do next, though. What do you want to do next? Oh man, we can segue into that. Well, it's so with a lot of things that's going on, uh, like races getting canceled yeah. or at least postponed, it kind of opens up the door for other endeavors. Uh, as of right now, my my main goal still is to to race the Beast in New Jersey uh, at the end of April. Yeah. Um, but even leading up to that, uh, without City Field occurring, uh, my plan was still to go after an FKT, kind of as a like a training race okay. leading up into into New Jersey. But even if New Jersey doesn't happen, uh, things continue to get pushed off. These these things called FKTs, fastest known times. 
it they're gaining in popularity. And the coolest thing about them is like the bounds aren't canceled. FKTs, you go out and you do them on your own. There's a time or you can set a new time, find a sweet route, one that looks desirable and go run it as hard as you can. And then send in, uh, send in, you know, your Strava or whatever to, uh, to the fastest known time website. They'll look it over and say, Hey, this is a, this is cool. You established a sweet time. This is a sweet route. We're going to put this on the website so people can see it and they can have something to strive after. So what's really rad about it is you can go and do it on your own time. You can, you have a look, there's a lot of options. I mean, there's so many trails out there and it just gives so much freedom. Like you don't have to, you don't have to pay for it. You know, races can get uh, get a little costly, but yeah, FKTs, uh, I, th- I think FKTs will be pretty popping this season yeah. with, uh, with things getting canceled. That's a great, you know? that's a great thing to really kind of strive for. Cause I think this is something new that people might not really know about. Like I just learned about it recently, um, that it was an actual thing. I thought it was more that people were talking about like, segments on strava but i guess they kind of are right there's just like a yeah, more super similar right, right? like it, i get that's a good way to kind of go about setting yourself um some goals is to have like a segment goal or or going after an fkt so that's cool i like that idea to 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 work toward yeah how are you holding up with all this what's going on i mean i i, I when i picture you in my brain like i text you on monday and i didn't hear back so i assumed you had had like died in the mountains or that you were on like strict quarantine dude yo almost man almost what kind of both right so i uh i told myself i actually did get sick last wednesday uh just like a cold you know i told myself it's the coronavirus and now i'm immune i was just treating like a cold because i got the immune system of a beast but uh, <laughs> i decided what better than to go out to the mountains right it's like super fresh air uh and like when i say fresh air i mean there's like negative ions out there that are good for inflammation, you know, spending time in contact with the earth, grounding all these anti-inflammatory aspects to being out there and like the peace. There's, there's a lot of healing aspects uh, to being out, out in nature. But, uh, but yeah, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of get away, do the self quarantine thing and knock off some peaks. Cause time was running out for this whole winter 35 challenge. Mm. So on, uh, I, w- I went out over the weekend Hit a couple mountains, got stuck in the ice. Uh, I was really stressful. Uh, saw some bears and was like, I, I want to go home, get a good meal, do a little reset, go out the next day because I was going to just like camp out in the van. And so I go back out and uh, <laughs> Monica's working because sometimes I'll get someone to, if the if the trail isn't like a loop or it's really long for an out and back, I'll get like dropped off on one end, you know, and then run back to my car. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I parked at the end of one trailhead, rode my bike, to the start like 25 miles to the start of the trail parked the bike changed my clothes it was so cold dude my feet i had to stop three times to like run around and get feeling back on my toes because it was like 15 degrees you rode the bike first 25 miles to get there to get to the trailhead yeah and it was a beautiful warm-up <laughs> if you can when say is that cold too on your bike that sounds awful dude the fucking wind chill yeah no it sounds terrible and then you have all and like to be warm for then you have a whole bunch of gear that like did you need that stuff that you brought like that you were wearing? <laughs> Yo, that's the funniest thing. So I, I had a feel, I wanted to be ready for this. Like the fact that I wasn't going to have the car nearby, I knew I had to bring like some extra gear. I looked on all trails and uh, people were saying that there were sections that you had to repel because this particular trail, it's uh, it's like 23 miles with 9,000 feet of gain and 9,000 feet of loss. So it's, uh, and it's super steep. I mean, it's just up, down, up, down. And there are some sections that, you know, it's hand over hand in summer. In summer, it's like up climbing and down climbing. So in wintertime, it's it's ice cliffs. Mm. So I brought like one of my ice tools. I brought some a little bit of rope and a carabiner, just uh, some small bits to do some uh, some repelling if need be. But yeah, I put all that stuff on my back, like all this water uh, and all that like extra weight pushing me down to the saddle. Oh my God, dude, like the, the fucking saddle, the saddle pains were brutal, even just for 25 miles. I feel like such a bitch. But meanwhile, Atkins is up doing like 700 kilometers to the <laughs> Arctic. <laughs> so I was like, don't be a bitch. Just keep going. Got to the uh, got to the start. Yeah. And I, uh, I changed out all my clothes because, you know, you have like padded shorts for the bike and whatnot. But I uh, hooked that stuff up to a tree with a lock. A very nice little tree. Didn't do any damage to it. Tree huggers. And it got my way. And the, that hike was, yeah, it was 23 miles, like 9K avert. And dude, like the second the second mountain, the second uh, pass going in, I wasn't even like six miles in with a couple thousand feet of uh, change. And just the amount of ice, I thought, fuck, this, 
this is a terrible day. Like, <laughs> I'm, usually, I'm usually bombing down these technical descents with, uh, it'll take me like 10 minutes to get down this descent. And it was taking me an hour. And I thought, oh my God, I'm moving like a snail. I'm literally moving at one and a half miles per hour. I have, you know, uh, I have 10 hour, or nine hours of daylight left. And at this pace, if things don't clear up, like this is going to take me 15, 16 hours. I was ready to bail on it. But then I thought like, no, if I stop, I'm not going to get the win at 35. I got the gear. I, my, my headlamps charged up like, fuck it, let's go. And, uh, and kept pushing. So yeah, like I said, I was kind of hopping from tree to tree and there were, there were cliffs where if your footing wasn't right and, and I appreciated the challenge for this, but it was, it was pretty risky. Like there's no one out there. There's, there's nobody around. No one's hiking in these garbage conditions, especially on a Monday, you know, people are like either working from home or quarantine or, but yeah, you slip, you, you fly off a cliff. Like it sucks. Like I took a couple of, and it sucks, man. I mean, like at least the temperature was nice, but, uh, but yeah, the ice conditions were just brutal and there were so many opportunities to, to fall and get messed up. And, but I kind of appreciated that. There was like that military aspect. I didn't do like do anything in the military, but thinking about it, I was like, man, this is like some hard shit. Oh, this is some tough shit. People don't do this. I don't so. like it when I'm going downhill and there's like rocks. And like if I have to like grab onto a tree or something, let alone like ice to go down with like cliffs nearby. It sounds so I I wasn't that far off. I should have checked on you sooner. <laughs> yeah I'll, i for sure thought i was like i could definitely die here and definitely die here there was one part where the trail was like on a, on a little bit of a camber and because like the trail went straight but it kind of tilted to the side mm-hmm. and it was just flat over with ice and the spikes in the shoes are decent but they're not you know it's not like velcro you're not putting your foot down and it's for sure staying yeah, there yeah, yeah. And so like I, I was i found this one section was making good time because things kind of cleared up a little bit and then i hit another patch of ice and dude, it just like totally slipped out, started to slide off the trail, grabbed a, uh, what was like the remainder of a tree, like a one and a half foot, uh, root coming out of the ground, grab that. And I like look around like, holy shit, if I didn't grab that, man, I would have like gone down another 20 feet, smacked another tree, body would have gotten like spun around. It's just like <laughs> so many opportunities for shit. But you made it. You're, resi- you're resilient. It. You got that patch. So that when that patch comes, you better put that. I'm going to stare at it. I'm just going to like take an hour in the morning, just drinking coffee and looking at it. It's going to like sew it, sew it onto your shirt each day and like take it off at the end and then sew it on whatever shirt you're going to wear the next day and take it off. <laughs> yeah, dude. Make sure everybody sees People it. better know and no one's going to know what it is. I'm going to see it. And then you, you told me this whole story and I knew exactly what you're doing. I'm going to see the patch and I'll be like, I don't understand why you have that patch on your clothes. Um, dude, I'm not a bumper sticker guy. I see some people that have these stickers all over their car. Let everybody know every single thing that they're doing. Do you do that? Or are you like, you operate more like a ninja? Nobody knows what so not too much. I actually have started because, I mean. You have a 26.2 sticker, don't you? Uh, duh. A 13.1, <laughs> a 3.1. The, uh, well, I don't have a car. And what, what what I think about this a lot is something that. Slap it on your city bike and then put it on the other city bike. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah. as your patch. It's like the dock it, take it off. So like the the thing is like, I think about this like something you really identify strong with, right? Like the first thing you think, it's like, I love this thing. I could get this tattooed on me. It's like, ah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit much. And it's like, maybe we'll get like a t-shirt of something that is similar to this thing that I'm representing. It's like, ah, still, I don't know if I want to represent that much. So stickers are not a bad call, but I put it on my water bottle. That's like a water bottle, I guess, is like a bumper sticker for um, people without cars. Dude, totally. I will. Yes. Water bottle present right here. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. That's, and, and like, that's what I think about when I do, when I really want to rep something, I'm like, you know, I hope to have a sticker. Cause if they have a sticker. I could like let my individuality shine through my water bottle. I have this one sticker that is, um, like my favorite blog, I guess it is. It's called wait, but why? And this guy just writes about, it kind of writes on psychology and just human behavior and, it's really good, really interesting. I would I would suggest you t- check it out. And it has there is a couple of articles that are his like linchpin articles that are really popular. And I and he has a sticker. He has stickers and like swag from these some of these articles. So I have one, and I put one on my water bottle. And I got stopped a couple times. You're like, dude, wait, but why? I'm like, yeah, bro, <laughs> leave me. Yeah, yeah, bro, leave me alone now. I don't want you to talk. To me. <laughs> like, appreciate you looking at t- sharing this thing together, but I don't. We're good talking, dude. I, 
I don't know. I get a lot of satisfaction when I see people that have like their Nalgene bottle covered in stickers, but it's hilarious when it gets to the point where they have probably like 200 stickers on it. They all overlap. They're all faded. You can't read out a single one. And then it's just like, all they've done is create a weight. There's like two pounds of stickers. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Like yeah. it, it's thermal. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's so thick now. It doesn't fit in like cup holders. They just like ruin their water bottle. <laughs> it's ruined. Um, but they take pride in it, you know? I know. And I and now I'm getting to the point where I need to be selective. I can't just be slapping on any sticker. So I need to make sure that it's something that means a lot and then it needs to fit. Does it fit the whole deal? Oh, that's nice. You care. I care. And this is some these are the type of things that we can do and we can reflect on during this type of uh this quarantine state of uh that we're in. So you've done this FKT, you knocked it out. It was a great way to not well. It's considered so you, I, you didn't establish. So I didn't, I didn't do an FKT. <clears throat> so what I originally was doing was actually I was scouting it out because I wanted to set a winter FKT. Mm-hmm. So originally I was just going to hit all these peaks uh, like in the order that I would hit them if I were to do it without rest. And uh, I ended up switching it around a little bit because of weather. But ultimately, yeah, I just wanted to go out, scout, see what I'd be getting myself into rather than just like flashing it, you know, rather than just like going out. <laughs> with a backpack and not knowing what I'm getting into, mm. that's kind of you know, right. You're, that's adventurous and all. You're not an idiot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to do like an unsupported uh, event like that in winter, it's a little, it's a little risky. You know, you're like beating the shit out of your body, and if you keep pushing like your head, if any, anyone that's done an ultra knows that like your brain starts working in funny ways mm. and to like start going for days on it's end, it's like unpredictable. Rest. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You might make a mistake. You know, you might just like get yourself off course and. Yeah, boom, you're off a cliff or something. So I originally wanted to do a winter FKT, but I realized it's just I don't. It's a little early in the season to put myself through that kind of stress. And I'd, I mean, I could still do it, but it wouldn't be super competitive. Uh, I could go out and like you know take a take six days, seven days, eight days to to do it. But I'd rather I'd, I'd rather go back at another time. Maybe do it in summer because honestly, winter was just like really annoying, man. There were some bushwhack days where you're uh, it took. What it takes seven hours to cover like 14 miles and you're just post holing and just like your ankles or your shins are getting cut up by ice. It's, it's really frustrating. It, you know, if you think you're patient, try doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can see you're like pushing trees out of the way and getting smacked in the face with branches. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was good recon. Um, maybe an FKT in the future, but there are a lot of other really awesome uh, routes that I I'm interested in hitting or shooting for an FKT in the Catskills that won't beat the living crap out of me. Cause yeah, the guy that has the FKT for the Catskill 35, he did, yeah, it was 140 miles. He connected it all on foot and he did it in two days, nine hours. God. I, yeah, that's like some serious endurance, man. And he's an old timer too, man, these old guys and, uh, and their endurance, it's super inspiring. So even if I like suck as an athlete now, it feels good to know that like, if I just keep working on it in 10 years, maybe I'll win the hard rock can build that up. Yeah. So what are some of these other things that you're going to focus on now that we're kind of in the time? Like you, I like what you said about still focusing on New Jersey, because at this point you have to, you have to move forward as if it's going to happen instead of, you know, switching directions, losing focus, because it could still happen. And if that's a race you want to do and you want to do well, you have to continue to kind of train toward it. But um, like you said, City Field's off. off. Um, any race that you would have between now and the next like six weeks, there's, there's probably nothing coming up. And that's something I really want to take an opportunity to talk about, some of the things that we can work on when it comes to our own personal development and development as an athlete. So what, what things are you going to do with this opportunity uh, that you have now, maybe outside of being very specific toward racing. What kind of things am I going to do that that might not be specific towards racing? That that um, that's not specific toward tra- like racing. So now that you have an opportunity to kind of work on other things, like what are you going to do with this time, dude? I had a dream the other night that I was rollerblading to a city like 60 miles away from me. And I don't know why I've been thinking about rollerblading lately. So I think I'm, gonna start, I'm just going to start rollerblading. Man. Like, <laughs> going over? I'm just going to start, start blading. Maybe blade obstacle course racing. That'll be the next thing. Have you ever seen the movie Brink, by the way? What is it? Brink. Brink. I don't think so. Dude, it's this old Disney movie, man. It's fucking sick. I think last time we were wrong, we, I mentioned like Rocket Power. Yeah. It was like this sick, like on the beach, like a bunch of young punk shredders. It was, like Brink is a, it's not a cartoon. It was a, it was a movie with like live action. People. 
but yeah, it was just like Team X plays, Team Pup and Suds. It was just like these these rock and rollerbladers doing sick inline tricks and whatnot. So you have anyway. you have a background in BMX. Do you have rollerblades? Dude, I have a pair of rollerblades that I have not touched. A friend just gave them to me years ago. Like I haven't been in a pair of fruit boots, man. Like people call them fruit boots. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't been in a pair of them in like 10 years, honestly. So I might be like a giraffe, like a newborn giraffe for like a, a couple hours. But I think that that'll be really good for hip stability, you know, hip control. I think it'll be a fun new new way to work out. Because like look at all these people that are doing uh, skiing. Like we didn't have a good snow year uh, by me. And uh, people that are doing cross-country skiing, people that are Nordic skiing, mm-hmm. backcountry skiing. Uh, there's, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mikkel Giralu? Yeah, Mick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's up there doing like ice skating and getting his ski on. And uh, number one, it just looks like super fun because you can get flying. Like you get a little downhill or a flat, like you can get cruising. Uh, and speed is fun. So, <laughs> but also, yeah, just kind of, it's an opportunity to do like a low impact it's a little less impact. It's working. Uh, you're definitely like working your ad, your uh, adductors a little bit more and just kind of a different muscle group. So I think that it's, it's fun. It's a good little variation, a uh, fun little way to cross train. That's but, a great uh, idea for cross training. Cause it's, you know, you, you could probably go way longer, right? Like, I don't know. I, I, I last time I was on rollerblades <clears throat> in rollerblades, or are you on rollerblades in, in, in them? You are inside. You're in them. You're on like a skateboard. So one time we were, I was going to go to like a convenience store with my friend who was like, I got this skateboard. You could take these rollerblades. We'll get there. No problem. And then I was like, all right, great idea. And I put them on. This is probably four or five years ago. And I put them on. I stand up. I was like, I don't know how to rollerblade. (laughs) I was like, uh, I'm taking these off now because I don't know how to do this at all. Um, Dude, I wonder how long you could go like go into a store before they realize you're in rollerblades. You're just like cruising real smooth. (laughs) Yeah, if if you if you could go real smooth, I'd walk into a store and immediately like grabbing onto like uh, the the racks, going to the rack and knocking chips chips over. over. Like, sir, you have to leave. No rollerblades. I've never seen a sign that says no rollerblades in a store. So you could probably I don't know. But I mean, maybe yeah. they could pull that refuse service to anybody, but act like my money's mm-hmm. not green because I got wheels on my feet. It's crazy. What is it? Yeah, it's no shoes, no shirt, no service. Maybe they could do like, those are not shoes. And you say, well, yes, they uh, are. They just happen to have wheels on them. Gotcha. Open your mind. We'll just get in an argument about technicalities of what shoes are. Be like, no, no, no. Um, so that's it. I mean, that is actually a really good idea for some cross training. And that's another, those are good ways to kind of pass this time and work on other things if you want to increase volume because like i'd imagine it's much more low impact so it's not going to be beating you down as much and you may be able to like double things on do a run and then add another 30 minutes of blades yo 150 percent. yeah <laughs> blades sick yeah get blading afterwards i yeah man like i was talking to uh talking to some clients and like some of them are with these changes in their work schedule they do have a lot more time mm-hmm. so it's a cool opportunity for them to uh like for someone that's doing uh say an ultra i mean their intensity is a good place right now and we're still counting on uh, some races coming up mm-hmm. so we're not going to the schedule really too much but but yeah adding in like uh some more low intensity stuff it's like oh okay now you have you know extra time on these days cool go you're gonna go out for an hour and do like a really easy bike ride or you know you're gonna go out and you're gonna drag a tire for a little bit just like stuff that isn't necessarily beating them up it's just a little bit of extra movement exactly and that's a that's a really good spot to do that and and that's something kind of having that shift of focus a little bit and being able to work on other things like that's a great way to add in volume you have more time add add volume there's not like a, a uh, really might not be an impending race for ultra. You kind of have to keep pushing forward. Like if you think that that ultra might happen in New Jersey, like, yeah, you need to continue to prep for that. And the worst that can happen is that you get a, a, a huge base of miles under you. So you're just in great shape. So I would definitely totally. recommend keep pushing forward. If you have a longer race, even a marathon, like that first weekend in May or mid May last weekend in April, those are still on as far as we know. Um, but another thing that, uh, other coach we work with, John, who comes on the podcast, we were talking about kind of setting up a way to, because it, it feels like people really, when they're training, they're preparing for something, right? It's like, I'm preparing for this marathon, I'm preparing for this super, but they're never really preparing to get faster. Um, and this could kind of be a time to really put a good speed block in where you're not really held back by the restraints of the race and you can really focus on just your flat out speed like kind of putting in like a 5k 
training, uh, training block or 10 K training block, even like a mile an 800, something that is really going to help you get faster. And it's really going to help with your overall efficiency. Um, if your race did get canceled, like say your a race was mid April and or late April and they've already pulled the plug. It's like, okay, now's a great time to work on some of those other things that might be considered some of your weaknesses. And on my end, I'm going to try to really double down on grip stuff. Um, and you just showed me an entire, uh, tour of your lovely home. And so you have some grip stuff searching for the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah, we, we, we found it. We, uh, so, but you have like at home grip stuff. So I'm looking to make some sort of investment in that. I canceled my, my gym membership to my rock climbing gym just cause I had too much other stuff in, in the mix. Um, hear that. So the slack line, I, I lost the slack line, but anyway, what, what are some things that, wh- where should I, what should I get for an at home workout for my grip? That's actually, that's a great question. So I, uh, uh, I've had clients that relied on their gym. They had nothing at home. And so what I recommended to them was, I'm, and some of them already took the initiative. They were right on top of things. They got a pull-up bar. They got a jump rope. They got a dumbbell. Okay. Like a pull. I think everybody should have a pull-up bar. They have those for 15, 20 bucks. Get one on Amazon. When it arrives in the mail, just get your Clorox wipes, wipe it down real quick. Boom. It's in the, it's in the doorway. Do you like, the ones, like the, use, uh, the ones that like hook in or do you like the ones that kind of bolt in or do you, do you care? I, so actually neither. Cause I got that sweet rig that I have set up with a bunch of other stuff, right. but, uh, also cause I'm like taller. So just, I can't like get into a nice hollow position. I have to do like straight up L's oh. or which is fine, but yeah. But I don't think the ones that go open the doorways are primo because you can put it up in any door. Uh, you know, you, you can take it down. They have a couple of different like grip attachments or attachments, but uh, options, close grip, neutral grip, you know, forward, backward. So, and they're cheap. They're, yeah, 15, 20 bucks starting. You can get a super deluxe one, you know, for a little bit more. But I, I think that that is a super affordable option that everybody should have because, I mean, if you think about it, you just need to work on your pushes, your, your push, your pull, and your, uh, your, your, your like lifting and squatting power mm-hmm. or power. I mean, just go through those movements. Those are really the, the basics. And I, I love those pull-up bar commercials because they show it and they want to act like it's like a total gym. And like the people will take it off the doorway and just like do push-ups on it and like, look, push-up. Yeah. And dips. <laughs> it's like, all right, put that pull-up bar back in the doorway and just do, yeah. do dips on your chair. Um But yes, I agree. And there are ways to get stronger while just being at home. Um, Just had Matt Liptak on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and he was talking about this concept of... uh, I like Matt. I'll have to listen to that one. Oh, it was great. Yeah, we we went in the weeds. If you haven't listened to it, uh, check it out. He has some really good insights, super educated. Um, And he has this concept about velocity training. It's not his concept, but it's something that he talks about a lot and uh, how to work at almost like 20 to 30% of your one rep max and just going on full on speed, but using the rep, power. You, yeah. Using the rep ranges of what you would do for like power lift. So it's like five by three as fast as you can, like down and up as fast as possible. And he had some awesome stats that guerrilla warfare style for sure. Yeah. He had some like awesome stats in that episode that showed that the um, um, actual, end result of strength gained was almost the same as someone who was lifting for maximal output doing reps of three to three to five. Um, so that's a good way. Like if you do just have a lightweight, if you do have just a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a sandbag, uh, working on velocity training could be something you could definitely do at home. Um, and for the, for the grip stuff, what did you say for grip stuff? Like, Cause I'm looking, I've been on, you know, all the websites like rogue and, uh, what was another one? Force five, uh, and whatever without other OCR stuff that they, they try to sell. Like for the, the type of rigs that they have? Or, yeah, or just like, like, like hand attachments, right? Like, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at like, uh, I think for me, what I would get is like one of the nunchucks, just like the straight bar, uh, just because I feel like that would translate well over into things like rope and, and pulling um, that way and that kind of like full on hand crush grip strength. Uh, yeah, what, and you, yeah. you have a fingerboard, right? Yeah, yeah, those things are pretty cool, man, because it has uh, what they call jugs, so you can get your all your fingers over it, like four fingers over it, and then there's sloper, which is where you're not actually getting a good hook with the fingers. Uh, you're kind of making like a, a soft L 
with your hand and you know that that works your your form in a different way than yeah, the other these little finger slots that of different depths so you can either get like one or two of the flanges of your fingers in there and they're they're pretty stressful like if you've never used a fingerboard before definitely don't like go for the smallest little crimp and try and hang you wouldn't on. be able to you would know you would know right away if you're like, yeah. ah, nope not happening yeah yeah but that's uh i think that that's really fantastic um and a fingerboard really just for the people that are listening it's just like it's essentially it's it's a rock climbing tool but it would kind of be like a pull-up bar setup that you would attach to a door frame or something that just has a bunch of different hand grips essentially right there's not like a flat part to hit it's just um usually they're blue <laughs> like i'm just trying to like figure out how to describe it. it's like a big slab of hard plastic right with different holes and things to, to work on like you had talked about yeah. before and, it, and it's and it's textured so it has a little bit of that kind of like sandpapery traction for your for your fingers i mean chalk helps a lot as well because yeah unlike a pull-up bar which is just metal and you can put your whole hand around it and just clench down and hold on the the fingerboard is it's more like you hold your fingers in a static position and then then your biggest enemy is traction. So yeah, shocking out for that. But yeah, like Rich said, I mean, it's it's a board with just different slots, different insertion points for your hand. And you can fit, uh, you know, uh, you can put two, two to four fingers and at, at certain depths, and that'll just challenge your grip in, in different ways. So I think, it, and go ahead. I was just going to say there, you can uh, find some cheap ones. There are ones that you can, yeah, you can hang in the doorway. There's some that hang by rope, which I think are kind of weird because they swing. Mm-hmm. I like a little more, I like something sturdier. Uh, uh, you know, I like, like, like I have a set of rings, but I also really like a nice sturdy pull-up bar where your power transfers really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't like move. So these fingerboards that you can like bolt to a wall. I really like those just because they, they're more akin to an actual like rock wall. The rock wall isn't going to move on you. you know? Yeah. I've seen those ones that you can kind of hang on a pull-up bar. They're just like a triangle of a hand grip. Yeah. Right. And those, that does seem weird. I mean, I guess you would still get the same kind of finger strength, but you are then. Don't get me wrong. They're still great. I'm just biased because I have this other. Right. <laughs> you're just, you're <laughs> just talking yourself into it. You're like, nah, <laughs> stupid. <They're> stupid. Um, <laughs> but as far as like, if someone isn't going to buy that, yeah. Options for people that, that maybe don't have that. Um, you can hang like the towel, right? Classic hang a towel. And if your grip isn't good enough for the towel, maybe tie a knot in the end of the towel Mm -hmm. or just hang. And like when you're hanging from a pull-up bar, you don't have to put your whole hand around it. You know, you can, uh, you can hang from three fingers. You can switch up which fingers you're hanging from. You can, you can adjust how much your hand is around the pull-up bar. Again, is it in your palms up on the first flange, second flange, you know, how much of your hand is actually going uh, around it. Uh, another cool thing to do if uh, there's kind of a, you can utilize the towel, but rather than hanging from the towel itself, you can just like rest the towel, fold it up a few times, rest it on top of the bar and then put your hand over the towel. And what that'll do, it'll, it'll make the bar girthier and it'll also, the towel will also want to slip off the top. And that's going to require a lot of, uh, a lot of hand control to keep your hand from sliding off of the top. Mm. So if you've ever done an obstacle where there are like sliding or spinning rungs, uh, you know, like monkey bars where with spinners on mm-hmm. them, where the bar isn't static, uh, that would be fantastic for working that particular type of string. I love that with the towel. And another couple good uses for the towel is that like, even if you don't have a pull bar, say you have like a kettlebell or a heavy or like a 45 pound weight, you can just string the towel through it and do farmer's walks with the towel attached. To the oh towel. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you could also along the same lines as having it on the top, you could roll the towel on a dumbbell and use it kind of like as a fat grip just to make, yeah. again, make the, 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 the beam thicker, which will make it harder. I mean, fat grips are a $30 product, which might not be a bad thing to get, but if you have a towel, it's the same thing. Um, so towel is a really good option for at home workouts for, for grip stuff to keep those grip games. One thing that I've been, uh, using and been trying to focus on, I have one of those like, um, captain crushes, those, uh, like spring loaded grip strength things that you take the strong men do. <laughs> Dude, I remember like cranking on one of those when I was in middle school, like I'm gonna have the strongest handshake ever. For sure. And like, they're, they're really hard. They'll humble you for, for sure. And that you kind of have to train it like it's like a power production because you've got to squeeze as hard as you can and then release. So I've been doing like five by three for three seconds and it sucks. It's super hard. And I've started to put it up over mm. my head and do it that way. Cause usually, oh, cause nice. I usually hold it at my hips so I can like kind of squeeze and, and like I squeeze my entire core and everything. 
but a lot of the grip strength stuff, I mean, that, that's fine if we're, like, we're pulling ropes, like say the sled pull or something in a high rocks. But usually we're using we're, our hands are nice. over our head, so I'm trying yeah, to grip it. Nice hard realistic adjustment. We'll, nice. Yeah, we'll see. So th- th- that's hard, and you can do that whenever, and like you can get some really good. Makes it feel like you're getting some good grip grip gains. <laughs> anyway, and it's something to do with <laughs> whenever at the least. Yes, hundred um, percent. Cool. Yeah. So I like that. And for for the str- on the strength side, something I've kind of been preaching for for this, and and I will actually program this for some athletes that I coach, especially if they're coming from, maybe they don't have a running background in particular, but they need to still, um, but they're familiar with the gym. They might not be able to handle a ton of volume right off the jump, um, but we still need to work on aerobic um, movements. And I found it to be pretty uh, applicable for the OCR athletes since there's different elements and there's different strength elements in, in part of it and something they call like aerobic strength workouts. So it's just longer circuit-based training that's less intense. So it would be like... 50 minute AMRAP of five minutes of step ups, two minutes of easy paced burpees and like two minutes of walking lunges or something like that. And it's just a way to kind of keep you working in an aerobic zone. Um, because one thing I'm worried about with all these at home workouts kind of being pushed out now, like any fit pro, any gym that you see, they're all releasing, uh, at home workouts to do, and they're all high intensity interval training right? Which is too taxing for the endurance athlete. And if you do those things, you'll reach a muscular failure before you can really kind of get those sustained aerobic efforts. So like, yeah, really- I, think I, I, yeah I understand what they're doing. I think it's great. But yeah, they're like, oh, you can go to the gym. Well, hey, all you need is 10 minutes and there you go. You're done. But yeah. Yeah. That's a specific crowd. Like for our crowd, we need uh, to get a little more Totally. A little bit, little bit more specific, there. right? And that those will work for people who just need to get a sweat, who need to, to, um, you know, they want to burn calories, whatever, quote unquote. And, but like, that's not what we do as endurance athletes. We got to put ourselves in this aerobic zone and sit there for a long ass time. And so right now it's cool. Cause right. Especially I don't foresee this happening in your area. unless it's like a federal deal, but like, if you live in a rural area, um, you're still going to be able to get outside. You might not be around people, but where I live, we might get put on straight up a lockdown. We may be put in shelter in place, you know? Um, so we have to kind of prepare for those things if they aren't going to let us even go outside to run. Dude. Yo, there, I saw this video, man. I think, uh, I think my sister posted this cause she was living in Spain, which is like, I think it's like Spain's on kind of Spain's a, bad. a lockdown. Yeah. 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 So she got out of there just in time, but, uh, she sent a, or posted a video and it was like, a hundred people outside their apartment complex. It was like a 10 story apartment complex. Everyone's out on their, on their porch, their balcony doing jumping jacks, following the lead of this one guy on the roof of another. I building. saw that. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. It's super cool. They're doing some you cool stuff. That guy. Heard. You, you got to lead that. I could do that. Though. We got a roof deck. We could be out there. I could be pointing at every building in the area. Um, the roof is your, your turf. That's it. The, uh, and they're also doing this thing where every, Every evening, I think at dusk or like 8 p.m., they walk outside and just do a like a, a round of applause for the medical workers or something like that. Everybody that's on lockdown, they just break out into applause once a day. So they seem to be doing the best they can with what they got over there, but it's less than ideal. And um, I don't know how well that would go over here, uh, but we got to be prepared, that, you know? That's a trip. If I came into your area at, at dusk and just a bunch of people started coming out and clapping, I'd be like, what the fuck? Is I need on? to get, this is some sort of cult. I need to There's about some bad <laughs> shit about to happen here. Um yeah, but that's just some things you need to think about, right? Because when this first started happening, what I, what I kept thinking, I was like, cool, we have running. Running's there. We got it. Like, it's fine. We can go out. We can run. And then we might not be able to in some places. So you have to have some sort of contingency plan on that. So I think having like these aerobic strength workouts is a great place to have um, as a backup plan. And I think a lot of times because daycares are closing, schools are closed. So people might be home from work. They may have more time, but they have way more family obligations that they have to handle now. And so they might not be able to leave the house for 40 minutes for an hour. So like doing something like this, where they can still be around and have their, you know, finger on the pulse of what's happening with their kids or, or whatever. Um, so these, th- that might be a good option. So I did just write a blog post on that. So it's, it's on, um, on the website that I'll link in the show notes. If you want to get a good idea of really kind of some other options for you to put together when it comes to, um, doing these type of strength workouts while you're at home because nice. you might be stuck. Um, 
So what are some ways that, and since this, so I was like really kind of stressed when this first started to happen and I feel much, much better in the last couple of days, even though we haven't really, you know, still haven't really left the house, but, um, I've been putting into place, I've been like really focused on making meditation happen every day. Um, so have you been, have you been doing that? Have you been any, any kind of practice for meditation of late that you've been in, in on? Honestly, man, the mountains has really, has really been that for me. And actually what, so a couple of these, uh, uh, mountains that I did, I ended up getting into some bad conditions and having to go into the dark and it was really interesting. This, the headspace that my, my head went, uh, cause, cause again, it's like, it's it's not like high, high risk. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's the most dangerous thing in the world. Cause it's, it's not, but it's not the you know, it's like, it's, it, yeah, it's, you know, the bears are waking up and, uh, I don't know why I just have this thing about bears, man. <laughs> Probably like cause bears. they're terrifying and dangerous. I would say, <laughs> well, I don't think really you're, bad. I don't think you're alone on, uh, not being cool with bears around. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've run into a few, and the black bears are like super skittish. But uh, uh, yeah, luckily there's no grizz around here. But but yeah, it's dark. It's just uh, it's just you know there's that feeling of like vulnerability, and when you're just running through the woods for hours in the dark, totally alone, no one around, man. It's uh, your environment becomes so close. It's only what the headlamp is on, and uh, and that in itself was super meditative i could feel but med- not meditative like an absence of thought mm. it was more like these not that i need to get into it but just different feelings different emotions uh kind of surfaced and it, i was like oh hey i haven't haven't seen you in a while and so that was really that was actually really nice it was like a different side of myself and that that made me pretty happy uh, to keep things nice and vague but <laughs> to answer your question uh, yes there's still meditation going on but i've been fortunate I'm, I'm using this word because I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy so with my in-person gym work being canceled you know the the gyms that i that i work through have closed just in that change of schedule and not having to go there and not having interaction with so many people mm. that in itself has increased the levels of uh, i guess i'll use the word uh, peace you know in my in my life right now there's just less outside interaction which means there's a little bit more internal interaction if that makes sense it does you know and that in conjunction with uh the ability to increase my sleep just having a little bit looser of a schedule um and and spending more time outside those have all been super healthy i feel like literally because of the 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 distancing you know there's the whole social distancing aspect but also yeah it's just been uh I've been very at ease and that ultimately is super healthy because when your stress levels are low, your inflammation is lower, immune systems working better. It's uh, yeah, it's a good place to be mentally and physically. And it's taking like getting an advantage from this weird time where you could be overly stressed, but it seems like you've kind of taken this stress and it's kind of created an awareness that you may have maybe blocked out. Like you mentioned, going into the dark and having these weird feelings pop up like this is just in, in, increased your awareness some you know and like all that, yeah, that dude, going into the dark was a crazy metaphor man <laughs> yeah yeah seriously but like <laughs> real. it was actually real like real life stuff yeah, it was real i just life. went into the darkness and came out you could you could write a book on the on the on this quarantine situation but like it is that like you have a, a, an appreciation for the different emotions and time to really kind of sit and reflect on them as opposed to just being, this is good or bad, or like you get stuck in like your day to day. Um, so it makes sense that you're able to have these different feelings kind of emerge. Um, whereas on my, yeah, there are a lot of really cool opportunities th- like being that are coming about from this time right now. Totally. And it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how things kind of play out as we do start to come out of this and how it changes just society as a whole, because everyone's going to kind of have to go through their own personal, like individual reflection time, where they're going to be like forced to spend more time with themselves or with the loved ones and, or, or, or what is it, whatever they have more time to slow down, to be aware of the things that might, they might typically shut out. Um, yeah. Let me, I want to touch on something real quick though. Okay. So if for, for everyone listening who, was kind of strapped for time in the past. And maybe you're stressed out about the fact that you're not uh, able to work. Maybe there, you know, if there's something to do with income, that it's going to be an issue for you. Throw that to the wayside, fill your glass up half full and think, okay, now I have the opportunity to live like a professional athlete 
an athlete that has, for those that that's of interest of you, your, your time might be almost unlimited now. Now, mm -hmm. now you have all the time to put towards that. So you can allocate more time to, to meditating, to the recovery practices, you know, to taking the, the cold bath or going out for an extra long run or preparing an extra nice meal. It's like, go rollerblading. You have, dude, go rollerblading. Absolutely. Go burn up those legs on the blades. For sure. And as, uh, I've been really kind of astonished with the attitude of the people who I coach, like pretty much everybody, because there are financial restraints and there are things that are going to happen. There is a trickle down effect from the economy that's going to happen. Um, everyone's going to be affected at, at some at some rate and the races are canceled. So there's not like a, a thing eminent for someone to prepare for. But most of the people who I've been coaching are like, fuck it, let's go. Like, let, let's, let's double down. Like, let's stay focused. Let's keep this thing rolling. And, and that's, what's awesome about having an endurance endeavor is that more times, like usually better, <laughs> you know, like you, you were not just crammed in day to day trying to fit our 40 minute run in. Like we have time. So you can do a little bit extra mobility or, or whatever it is that you might have been neglecting in the past. And that, that's also something to think, like sit down and reflect on what is something that you could really put a focus on is going to help move the needle for you the most. Um, if that is stress management, if it is your nutrition, if it is extra volume, like try it. Now's the time. Now's the time to get after it. Yeah, dude, I was really excited. Like I'm really proud of my clients because they, same thing, just like they're almost excited about these new opportunities, right? It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, now I have time to put in a little more volume. Oh, the race is canceled. Fuck it. We're going for, we're going for 5k stoked on just trying to get a new 5k time, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And it does give perspective as far as why you're doing this. And that's something that I really, it's as cliche as it is. Like if you can be in tune with your why behind training and racing, you will know it now more than ever because the races are gone. So if you're like, oh, my why is to get top three in my age group at City Field. It's like, okay, that's gone now. Like you can't do that. So like, what are you going to do? Are you going to back off? Are you not going to train? And then, then your why is, is like kind of in a misleading place. Whereas if it's like, okay, I'm in this for me anyway, I'm here to push myself as much as I can. I'm here to be a good example for like my kids. Like let's keep this thing rocking. So it's a real good way to kind of help peel all the extrinsic things away and really focus on what you can do and, and why you're really out here doing it. Um, have you put any th any thought into that? Have you had a chance to? Is that something that is on the top of your mind typically, or are you um, in tune with that? Or... Yeah, with like the why. Actually, yeah, that's a good timing. Kind of like segueing back to that Casco thirty five. So actually, talking about FKT, it's, it's kind of funny how it already skipped my mind that Bacopa didn't kick in as good as I thought it would. I uh, I while I was doing this uh, this trail called Devil's Path, right, this twenty three miles nine k uh, gain. I was I was going for the winter FKT on that. Well, actually, like OKT only known time because uh, people have done it in winter, but I haven't seen any like official logged time. Uh, so I decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to set like a winter a winter time for this for people to go after. Repeat and it. How 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 long? I heard the nine k. Yeah, 23, 23 miles. Uh, if you look at all trails, it's like twenty three miles. Uh, yeah, nine thousand feet of gain, and uh, dude, it's crazy. In in summertime, uh, there's a guy Ben nephew. He's like a, a local engine. If you go on the FKT site, he has more FKTs than anyone in the world, and he has the record right now at four hours fifty three minutes, like forty six seconds or something like that. Uh, and not, so, so you were looking for the winter one. Sorry, I interrupted you. I was looking for uh, yeah, yeah. I was looking for the winter one. Uh, I was just trying to like give some reference, but uh, but yeah, I. I wanted that that winter FKT just for funsies, and at what the hell is it? it was like five hours in, like seventeen miles in, I was going up one of the like the last climb, and my watch died. I was like, oh, well, there goes the FKT. <laughs> I was to record that, but I was like, dude, and you know, I like for the next half hour as I'm hiking up this this hill, I'm thinking to myself, well, like I didn't need that right? How do I feel about this now? Like no one, is it real? If no one sees that you did it, you know, like why? And I was just kind of asking myself like why I'm out here. And I, I was really happy at how little my feelings changed. Mm. I realized like, no, I'm still like, this still feels really good. I'm super stoked to be out here and, and doing this here. Like I know that I did this. Uh, I know that this, you know, I got all this time out here by myself. I, you know, I, once this is in the past, you know, it's like after you do a hard race, you do something crazy, look back at it and say like, 
I did that, which means I can, I can handle this. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's ultimately it's gotta be for yourself. Right. Totally. And there's like having it happen in such extreme circumstance where it's something where you are by yourself. Like if your watch dies on a marathon, someone else is timing you, but like, so you'll find out. Um, but having something that is just like solo based on what your watch says is an extreme example. Cause I have, I know people that will get distraught if their watch freaks out on them and during a three mile easy run, <laughs> you know? So that is important. And that's a good, good way to kind of put it. And like, what was initially when you, when that happened, were you like pissed? Not really, oh actually. <laughs> was like, oh, great. Dude, You're so no, at, peace at that it. point. <clears throat> nah, dude, actually, uh, uh, a great book, yo, for, for this time where we have extra time to do things. I highly recommend a, a couple books out there. One of them includes Extreme Ownership mm. by uh, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, Jocko is this Navy SEAL that's gotten a lot of uh, attention in his, well, with his leadership skills. But uh, this book, I read it, man, just so many things resonated. And the thing about it is like take extreme ownership for everything. So like as soon as my watch died, I thought to myself, oh, I, I mean, like that's my fault. I must have accidentally put it on a less uh, battery efficient mode, you know? Or it's like, oh, the, yeah, I just, I, I didn't charge it. Whatever. It's like, okay, done and done. Yeah. And even more That's on top okay, of that, it's like you, you can still own how you feel about it. Like you can be a baby about it and be pissed or you can change <laughs> it and, and, and do like you did. And you're like, well, I own how I feel. So we're just gonna continue forward because I'm doing this shit for me anyway. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, but that's a, it's like a, a real good way to figure that out, and like doing and just going out and and running and and just thinking about that, like what is the why behind why behind the training behind the racing? Like now is an awesome time to have that, and um, I found that once that becomes um, pretty clear, or at least you've been you work toward that, like you have this like anchor there for you that will always kind of keep you grounded into in training and, and for the reasons why you're doing it. So. Yeah, now is an awesome time to really kind of develop that. If and sometimes it has to be an extreme circumstance, like your watch dying, or you can just sit down and reflect, have like some journaling, and, and really just write some things out. Yeah, man, I feel like a lot of times the why is uh, is ingrained in the silence, uh, like being out on the trail. Maybe you aren't thinking about anything, and then that's and like that's where the peace is at. You know, like same thing with the meditation, mm-hmm. or yeah, something that takes you away from into the intellectualization of your environment like that's where the there's like bliss in that it's like oh man that feels like healing like that's that's the why Mm -hmm. yeah and that's there's times to to reflect on that and i think now is is an awesome time um so as far as, do you have any like personal challenges that you're going to do? I mean, we talked about, you know, getting, getting rollerblading or, or anything out, outside of like the physical, what are the, what are the ways you're going to kind of fill your time with this? Cause um, like uh, you said, like your I schedule should... is opened up quite a bit. So are you doing anything just to like a new skill or habit or something you've been wanting to work on? Uh, rollerblading for sure. I, I was just thinking, I think you and I should do a rollerblade race. Oh we should God. see who can rollerblade a 5k fastest. Jesus. <laughs> let me think about it that's also something i want to talk about is having these virtual have you seen the virtual challenges going on um i've seen a lot and uh i think that they are awesome actually what i did not see i think yesterday happened i don't know where it happened i want to find it but some people are doing like 15 minutes at 15 percent challenge head to head challenges. Totally do if I, yeah if i had if i had a treadmill i'd be all over that but you just did it right oh you don't have treadmill, you don't have treadmill access right now huh yeah, I don't have one. I did the 15 at 15, uh, like two months ago at this point. Mm, yeah, I'm going to, I'll probably do it I'll next do week too. Another- do you, there was a, there's a group message going on that you're in. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's with, uh, Nick Riker and, um, Mark Audette. It's on Facebook. No, not a, oh, it's just, it's uh, like plus four. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, it's I haven't like, been in Facebook in so long. <laughs> I'll start one on Instagram just cause that's, nice. I know, that's, I know you live there and then, yeah. It's so convenient. You do things on Instagram and then you just hit like auto and it does everything on Facebook. So that way I don't have to spend time on two social platforms. Oh, totally. And and, uh, no, I agree. And it's more time consuming. But like, yeah, Nick started a a message board trying to figure out some challenges for the four of us to do um, that. Dude, Burpee Mile. Burpee Mile. I've been thinking about it for weeks. 
burping off. You right. guys, yeah, you guys are fast as shit. Nick's trying to run like a 415 mile. I saw it was one of his challenges, but I'm like, all right, so let's see who can do it with, you know, a bunch of blood pump in the upper body. Mm, I love a burpee mile. I've, 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 I've it's like a beer mile, but a masochist. <laughs> yeah, we could do a beer mile too. I'm, I'm like, burpee man. beer mile. Oh Lord. Now we're there talking. Will be, there will be vomit. I'm actually now. I'm nasty at the at the beer mile. Well, I'm not in great drinking shape these days, but when I was good in, in good <laughs> drinking shape, I could like hold a pretty good good running shape while being a good drink. Not great running shape, but good running shape while being in drinking shape. Um, it's worth noting that. But I'll smoke that ass in a beer mile. But bro, uh, burpee miles awesome. Um, the fifteen fifteen. I guess yeah, you don't have treadmill. I don't think Mark has access to a treadmill either. Um, I like, I just started doing this hundred burpee, um, box jump overs as kind of like a benchmark. Um, just cause I think it's gonna translate well, you know, there's a coordination involved. There's, um, it's a lot of time. It's a, it's like pacing. It's, a, it mentally sucks. I like it as a benchmark hundred burpee, uh, box jump overs. Do you have a box? Uh, I do not, but, uh, you know, I can, we can do it like, or something. Or, we could do like bar, just burpee bar jump overs or something like that. A bar fit, burpee bar facing burpees. Burpee bar facing. Oh, some alliteration. Like burpee. It. Wait, bar facing burpee jump overs. hundred of them. Um, what are the things that w- w- could we do? Cause yeah, like I'm, I'm going to run a 5k this weekend. That's just what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I'm kind of tapering this. Are you going to go 15? I'm, uh, I'm going to try. I'm, I think I can be right around 15 flat. Dude, that's badass man but if i'm solo if, if if i don't know where i'm gonna go I'm, I'm trying to figure out if i want to do it on track or if i want to do it on the road i'm worried about going straight into a headwind just because i do kind of want to run fast time so i'm just might just yeah. try to figure out the best way to do that um what are some of the challenges that people could do yeah because if people weren't noticing like yeah there's 15 minutes at 15 percent incline on a treadmill is something that people have been doing um just going head to head but you, yeah. you need a treadmill and you might not have it if like, your gyms are closed um what are some other things Dude, uh, I mean, I think the burpee one is great just because that's like very Spartan esque. Mm-hmm. It's very Spartan. Yeah, that takes forever. How long does the burpee mile take? I will be very happy if I can do it in under seven minutes. Because the way I figure it is, if what? I can bust out, yeah, we'll, we'll think about it this way. Okay, so it's uh, ten burpees. Don't, I'm not as fast as you. Uh, ten burpees. If you bust them out, probably like fifteen seconds. Wait, what is your definition but, of a burpee mile? Uh, you start. You do. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, that's important. Right. Uh, so 10 burpees at the first lap and then 10 burpees every lap. Oh. So you start out with 10 burpees. So you end up doing 40 burpees, run a mile. So if the 10 burpees takes 15 seconds and then maybe that turns my my one minute 15 second lap into a one minute 25 second lap because of the extra fatigue, right. you know? So uh, I, when I heard you say that, I've seen people do burpee broad jumps for a mile. Jesus Christ. That's what I thought you meant. Let's oh, do my that. Lord. That is sick. <laughs> I will not partake in that. Dude, you would like 10 burpee. Honestly, 10 burpees isn't going to be enough. I, I think on the run on, for the running and to make up on the running. So I think, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I don't like if we ran a mile. So say right now I can run like a four thirty, and you can run like a four fifty. I don't think 40 burpees is going to make up that 20 seconds. Probably not, but it, but it doesn't have to be right. So what I like about it is like, okay, let's take our own, like challenges are cool and all, but like personal challenge, right? If I can run, uh, how, how, how close of a percentage can I keep those? You know, how, how little of a gap can I make mm. between a flat out mile and a burpee mile, which would indicate how compromised I am by the burpees. How well I run compromised. So that yeah. could be something we could run like uh, uh, an all out mile Monday and mm. then uh, a compromise mile thursday and then take the percentage of change and see like how that translates into the the difference i'm just gonna sandbag my first mile yeah close my gap (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um i do i I, want to run a fast mile man but like fast for me i just want to go so i want to hit like a 445 like i wonder if i can go out and do that right now yeah that'd be that's fast i mean that is running That, that that sucks that would feel awful um okay cool i like i like that idea I'm still down burpee broad jump mile. That's why when you said seven minutes, Jesus, I was like, man. oh my how, God. How long do you think that would take? That would take uh, like an hour. I'm like, so, longer. dude, yeah. 
oh my god high rocks oh, i would need like a spinal replacement after that uh yeah high rocks i think it was 100 meters of burpee broad jump or maybe it was 80 meters either way it took it was like a minute 20 or a minute and a half it might have been more i don't know but uh and that's like and that's yeah. going that's going all out so yeah i would i would imagine it, it would probably take close to an hour i have no i'm just talking on my butt um Dude, but, but there's some other fun challenges man like uh, uh let's see nicole miracle was out doing like one arm uh flexed arm hang and then uh kirk i gotta go try these kirk had uh, like a 50 pound dumbbell and he was busting out pull-ups yeah that's a that was quite a bit too yeah that was impressive yeah, yeah shit man i got a i got a kettlebell that i've strapped to my uh to my hip and i busted out pull-ups like that, with that but i'm usually doing like frenchies and i'm i'm toasted so i'm like i'm gonna taper just for that shit. <laughs> and one thing i was thinking the way he had his weight it was really close to his body you know, and he, it was like really like it was like connected to him almost. Whereas like if you have it dangling like, you know, with the big long chain. I Yes, I know what that's like. <laughs> that no matter what, you're already at a disadvantage. No matter. <laughs> um, but I think if you could get like a belt and tie it tight, like he kind of had like a weightlifting belt or something that was like real tight to him. Um, I think mm-hmm. that'll make it a little bit easier. But yeah, he did a 50 pound uh, dumbbell for max reps. He did like 14 reps of pull ups or something like that, which is a lot. Um, yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll think of some challenges. We would love to hear the challenges you guys want to put out there because now is a good time for for those. Um, yeah, non-treadmill stuff would be ideal. But yeah, I, I think I might run the 15-15 next week. And it would be cool just to have like almost like a running point total on things. So I'll start up a, a, a conversation on Instagram so you can be involved because you're left out right now. <laughs> um Rich, well, cool. i gotta say matt i just wanted to touch on your style i noticed you're wearing a sweater you're looking very very cozy and homey thank you man it's very appropriate right now i know this is like this is my, the long haul it's my sweater but it has like a hoodie so it's a little bit casual at the same time but yeah i'm wearing sweatpants with them so <laughs> Flawless. i'm trying every Flawless. day every morning i'm like yeah just dress like you would normally dress like keep the same routine but i like work from home so i wear sweatpants a lot anyway so my routine hasn't really changed that much. <laughs> I just am, I just don't go to restaurants now or coffee shops. Yeah, I did that to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just doing the same stuff as always. Um All right, cool dude. So, yeah, this was fun. Where can the people find you? As per usual, uh Instagram, ja underscore schwa underscore read. It's J A underscore S H U A underscore R I E D. 100%. Yeah. All right, cool. That's for me. All right, Dougie. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Say goodbye to all the peoples. Goodbye, people. Do enjoy your time the very best that you can. Rest up. Do good things for yourself. Drink tea. Drink tea. And coffee. I don't know what you're trying to and do coffee. with no coffee. You got to go. Oh, tip of the Andes. Tip, tip of the, the Andes. Andes. Oh, Bring it back yes. full circle. Late roast. Nope. <laughs> Rich, you're the man. Be well. <laughs>